We have officially hit the players-only meeting portion of the season after a frustrating 6-4 to loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. We talk about the offense starting to show some signs of life, but the goaltending and the penalty kill breaking down, and some things that at this point in the season simply have to happen today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Locked on Wild on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we recap a 6-4 loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Some bad goals given up by Philip Gustafson. Penalty kills starting to get exposed a little bit. Power play was lifeless. A lot of bad things happening in this one tonight. And uh, after the game, a players-only meeting. So we'll try to break it all down here on today's show. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. And 6-4, to four, Wild fell behind early. Rallied to tie, gave up a couple more goals, got it to a one-goal game, then gave up a bad goal and an empty net goal, and then scored one too late to complete the comeback. And uh, I think the big thing to pull away from last night's game is that the Wild had a players-only meeting after the game. And it's it, it just, by and large... At this point in the season, there is starting to be some urgency and uh, a little bit of a sense of uneasiness because nothing is coming easy for this Wild team right now. They, coming into tonight's game, they had scored eight goals in their last six games. They have seen their power play completely wither. They have just, have looked just disjointed at multiple different stretches of the last few games. And you now are in a situation in which you really don't like playing on home ice because you're not having any success there. And I mean, two, five and one now at XL energy center so far this season. And it's just, it's like, the same elements just swap the order around as to what ends up letting the team down in in this particular game. And I think one of the big things was, and we knew this was going to be the case after Marc-Andre Fleury was put on injured reserve, you've got to have Philip Gustafson at minimum save the ones that a goalie should save. First shot, one of the first shots of the game by Crosby that ends up being a goal. Now, whether or not it was screened properly, it was pretty evident that Gustafson didn't see it. 
my issue with it is how far out the shot happened and it just put that in the same category as the one that slipped between Gustafson's pads and trickled behind him for a goal, put that behind the other one from way out, uh, the one that made it uh, five to three. Put that one in the same category. A shot from well out on the outer reaches of the zone, and Gustafson straight up missed it. Went for it, but reacted late, and ended up giving up a goal that was just a backbreaker goal for the Wilds who had done so much to battle back to get it to 4-3. Had exerted a lot of energy to try to get it back to 4-3. And then you just go right down to the other end of the of the ice and you give up just a just a really bad goal that uh, that Gustafson gave up. And so the vibes of this team right now are not good. There's a lot that is there's a lot that just is causing concern right now. And you have a lot of players that are just, you know, in passenger mode um, at this point in the season. I I know that it's been frustrating for Tyson Jost over the last handful of games, but almost eight minutes of scoreless, sheetless hockey. No shots, no hits, no turnovers. One face-off lost in almost eight minutes. This team cannot afford at this point with how much they are trying, how much they're having to work to get the offense going. This team cannot afford to just have players on the ice just taking up roster spots. And so that kind of stuff is super disappointing. I mean... The Marco Rossi situation, he played under seven minutes tonight, and he also was score sheetless. It just, it is a complete flip from what we saw last year, and we knew coming into the season, losing Kevin Fiala's production was going to hurt the offense. We knew that coming in. It has cratered the offense to the point that it is not even functional right now. And it's when you get to the point in the season where you are getting players only meetings, that's when panic alarms start to be hit. And the old adage of if you are in the playoff picture by Thanksgiving, that uh, you have a really good odd, you have really good odds of, uh, of staying in the playoff picture. Well, as we look at the uh, standings right now for the Western Conference, the Minnesota Wilds have to leapfrog the Calgary Flames and the St. Louis Blues in order to get into the playoffs. They're technically one point out of a wild card spot, but... What do you point to that is going to get things back on track? I mean, when Jordan Greenway comes back, that'll help the defense. Where's the scoring coming from? It it just, 
it is beyond frustrating what is happening to this team and what we're continuing to see from this team. And you can only ram your head into the wall so many times to try to get things to change, things to get better. But they have to try. They have to try things to try to get this back on track. There was one line combination that was done tonight that I thought looked great, and the other three did not. So you have to build around that, and you just have to plug and play until you can get something figured out. So we uh, will look at some things tonight that at this point in the season just have to happen. Like they just, you can't, you can't string it along anymore. You just, there are a couple of things that just have to happen with this team uh, before they move forward. And so we'll, uh, we'll talk about that and we'll uh, set our sights on the Carolina Hurricanes who come to town on Saturday to take on the Minnesota Wild. All that and more coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info plus stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wilds, once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wilds your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. The biggest games, the biggest stories, the biggest talkers all in one place. Locked on Sports Today is available on your favorite podcast platforms, absolutely free of charge. So we talked about the one bright spot from uh, tonight's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins as one of the things that has to happen. Until Jordan Greenway is ready to come back, the only line that I keep as is, is Brandon Duhame, Jewel Erickson, and Marcus Foligno. That line was the lone bright spot in tonight's game. And Brett Marshall puts the uh, numbers together, a uh, host of Sound the Foghorn, put the numbers together as to just how good that, uh, that trio was. Uh, for one, they gave you the element of physicality that this team has been missing and has been such a staple of uh, this performance of this team's success over the last couple of seasons. They give you that. Um, They did this. They did the following. Felino, Erickson, Eck, and Duhame combined for three goals, one assist, 16 hits, seven shots, 13 shot attempts, and four high-danger chances. Their line finished with an 86% expected goals for and was a plus two on the night. So again, expected goals for, 
when you're out on the ice, when that trio is out on the ice, when there is a goal scored, 86% of the time, it is a wild goal. And so that, that was one positive, and that is, I think, something that you have to try to build off of. Brandon Duhame playing with a sense of, like, do or die right now. And that line playing with some urgency, you saw it on the penalty kill on the shorthanded goal. The Wild had urgency at that point in the game. They created an opportunity. Jewel Erickson able to score. They have to play every second of every game going forward with that same level of urgency. And they're just, they're just are not players on the ice up and down the roster that are doing that. That line, however, they performed really well. And so while all of this mess is continuing to happen, those three did their job in this one tonight. So build off of that grouping. Beyond that, I don't think Tyson Jost is playable at this point. And this is not just... I rarely try to go into the gloom and doom portion of covering a team. I think what we do on this show has spoken for itself time and time again. But I'm to a point of frustration with what we're seeing. And I will again go to, yes, it's more, it's more than what the box score says. But for a team that is fighting so hard to make things happen offensively, you can't have players eating eight minutes of ice time and not contributing a thing that helps you win a game, score a goal. It was always a situation of just trying to see what Tyson Jost could potentially unlock in a bigger role when he was traded from the Avalanche to the Minnesota Wilds. But it's looking more and more like what we had initially thought was, well, hard to hard to jump up in that lineup, hard to hop over those third, second, and first line guys in Colorado. I mean, at this point, he is a fourth-line fill-in for this team. And so it just it's getting closer and closer to the point that it just didn't work and that you have to give that roster spot to someone else. I don't know what you could get for him in a potential trade, if anything, but it's not working. And that spot, even for a fourth line, the fourth line tonight was a spot in which Pittsburgh very, very calculatedly tried to gain an advantage and gained one. Um, That fourth line was not good, really, at all in this one tonight. And another member of that fourth line was Marco Rossi. And Rossi's start to his NHL career has shown some glimpses of promise. He's not being served at all getting seven minutes a night. And so I think at this point, 
in addition to just finding something to do with Tyson Jost, I think you got to send Rossi back down. It's he's not served at all. I at the beginning of the season was maybe playing it a little too much to the yeah, he can start low in the lineup and work his way up. But if they're not going to play him any higher than fourth and fourth line and to be fair, he has not by and large done much to earn more minutes in the same way that say Mason Shaw has. You got to send him down. Get somebody up that can fill that spot, but he just needs to go down to Iowa, play every night, play 20 plus minutes a night, get his confidence back. And, you know, if the season continues to spiral out of control to where you're not a playoff team late in the year, then yeah, give him a call up at that point and uh, give him an opportunity just to finish out the season there. But, Right now, it's not working. So I think you move Jost, you send him down, and do you go with Adam Beckman the rest of the way? Maybe. I, I, I don't know because the other, the other thing that is a major problem for this team right now is that Matt Boldy is stuck in a rut. But I don't know where he, I don't know who fits with him in the lineup right now. I mean, maybe you go once Greenway's back, maybe you put um see I, I don't know because do you put him with Shaw and du- and Dewar like we saw? That didn't really work. Boldy I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I think you just put Boldy with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, put him as the center. I know that's not where he necessarily slots in, and I know Freddie Goudreau hasn't necessarily done anything to warrant being pulled off that spot. He's he's giving you some offense, and he's playing consistently enough, but that line isn't really working right now either. I think you just do it. I, I mean, you really don't have another choice at this point Load up that top line. Maybe that gets Boldy going. Maybe that gets Kaprizov and Zuccarello going. Maybe it gets to where there are two players that warrant enough attention to pull some of it off Kaprizov to where he's not getting doubled every time he touches the puck. You you just have to pull out all the stops at this point in the season if you truly want to try to save this and prevent it from being a season in which the Wild are sellers at the trade deadline. You have to throw everything you have at it. It's not like the the Wild are trying this for the first time. They've used that grouping after penalty kills to try to get a bolt, a jolt offensively. Just use it for a game. What do you have to lose? If it doesn't work out, you can... Do what you have been doing during games and just switch the lines up during the game. But you have to try it. You have to try every possible combination that you have on this team because, by and large, none of them are working. So 
I mean, that, it, those are just a few of the things I think that you have to do. And it's being done in order to try to send a message to get everybody to wake up and try to figure out. I mean, I was a little taken aback by Marcus Felino's comment after the game in which he said that the team doesn't have as much firepower as they thought they did. It's got to come from somewhere. Kevin Fiala is not saving this team. It has to come from somebody. You can't put it on one line or this team is going to... This is just the tip of the iceberg, if that's the case. So... There just is a lot of grasping at straws right now and trying to figure out what could possibly work to try to get things back on track because the team that's coming in to uh, take on the Wilds on Saturday is the Carolina Hurricanes, who are second in the Metropolitan Division and are playing some very good hockey to start the season. So... We will talk about the challenge that the Wild face against the Carolina Hurricanes to finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. The biggest storylines, the biggest games, all in one place. Locked on Sports Today is available on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. The Carolina Hurricanes are 10-5-2 so far on the season. They're coming off of a game that they lost to the Colorado Avalanche in which they dominated by every metric except for goals. They outshot the Avalanche 48-15. Even close to that is a problem for the Wild because what does that what does that speak to? That speaks to controlling the puck in the offensive zone, inability by the opponent to get the puck out of the zone. And so in those instances, you don't have Mark Andre Fleury to be able to make some big saves to keep you in it. And just the more shots at this point that Philip Gustafson faces, I think the trickier that it gets for this team to stay in games. And looking at where things are at for the uh, Hurricanes so far, power play-wise, they are uh, in the bottom six at 16.1%. And their penalty kill has been middle of the pack at 78%. So what what does that tell you for a team that um, is also middle of the pack at goals four per game? They are they're scoring three goals per game, but they're not having to necessarily rely on the power play to do it. So with as much as the Wild have struggled in even strength, that presents a problem for this Minnesota Wild team right now. And we heard it with Kevin Gorg in the postcast. This Carolina Hurricanes team has a ton of speed. 
And so if they are able to skate past you to keep possessions alive, to generate additional chances, to get odd man rushes, it's a very tall order for this wild team. And it was a very close game against the Hurricanes last year. The Wild won it 3-2. They had a 3-0 lead, and they hung on for a 3-2 win. It's just at this point in the season, they're going. you're going to have to see the Wilds up and down the lineup just commit to being better and doing their jobs. And so it's not even necessarily what the opponent comes in and is doing. It's just that the team is struggling at so many different things right now. And then, in addition to being able to fight back to tie the score, and then going and taking bad penalties almost immediately. Mason Shaw with the high stick. Matt Dumbo with a hooking call. Bad, bad penalties that lead to additional opponents additional opportunities for the opponent and you're putting a ton of pressure on the penalty kill because you're not confident that the goalie behind you now can make the saves and so you're putting a ton of pressure on the guys in front to make every play to try to save the penalty kill from giving up a goal everything has tilted this team is driving with a flat tire right now and I, like I said, unless we see this team um, really step up their performance up and down the lineup, there's not a lot of confidence that they're going to be able to beat one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference right now. And it's not even just the Hurricanes. Look at the rest of this homestand and what you have to uh, go up against all of these games at home, by the way. So after the Hurricanes, the Wilds then play in order the Winnipeg Jets, Toronto, Arizona, Edmonton, Anaheim. And then after that, they go on the road in the middle part of December at Dallas, at Calgary, at Edmonton, at Vancouver, And then you're home against Edmonton and Detroit. So we have roughly a month's worth of games. And the way you're playing, you'll probably be favored in two of them. So hopefully the players-only meeting is enough to jog this team to where they need to get to. But if that doesn't work... This could be a very long season. And so we'll see. We'll see what happens on Saturday against the Carolina Hurricanes. And, of course, we will keep you up to date with the Minnesota Wild. We'll see if we get an update on Marc-Andre Fleury. Sounds like Jordan Greenway, uh, as discussed with Kevin Gorg, could return next week. Really no update on Ryan Hartman at this point. This team has had a lot go on so far this season. But uh, we'll continue to keep you up to date with new episodes all throughout the week. So make sure you are following along with Locked on Wild on YouTube, 
also on your favorite podcast platforms. We are keeping you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.